from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern time right here where sports meets life. It's live video, it's live audio, and it's always here for you. And once the video is done, it gets archived to facebook.com backslash live now dt it also gets archived to facebook.com backslash wake up call dt and we will shift over a bunch of these to youtube.com backslash wake up call dt as well and the audio portion of this will be on all of our outlets as you can see here if you search wake up call with dan tortora you'll find us on mixlr uh, the live feed has its own archive spotify stitcher tune in podbean YouTube, iTunes podcast, the RSS feed, and so much more. Proudly brought to you by our wonderful partners that you'll hear throughout today's show. So with that being said, we're officially ushering in the 2019 Syracuse football season with former Syracuse players. And the first one that we have coming up here in the broadcast this week that's going to start off this week for us is Rob Carpenter, former wide receiver and NFL wide receiver as well, coming out of Syracuse. And we're bringing him in, in this morning here for the second hour of the show. Rob, how you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, then. And, and Rob, kind of, you know, for you, you've been on the show before. Uh, always appreciate the opportunity to speak with you and, you know, just have a conversation about football and life and, and you know, even the bigger things. How, you know, catch us up. I always love doing this with, with all the former players. What have you been up to lately? What's been going on in your life over the summer and whatnot? Uh, summer, actually, um, just been trying to enjoy the summer a little bit, man. <clears throat> uh, for the most part, you know, I have renovations going on in my house, so that was a little bit of a chore. <laughs> <laughs> kind of missed out on summer, the summer doing that. But, um, yeah, man, just actually trying to, trying to stay healthy, uh, you know, keep up with everything that's going on with the, with the Syracuse program and, and, and NFL. Just enjoy the summer. That's basically it. So you said you have renova- renovations going on in the house. What are you working on in the house right now? Um, well, it was pretty much everything at one point. Kind of finally got it down to uh, certain little things. So I'm, I'm, I'm like the weekend warrior now. It's not, man. Uh, I do a little project here and there. Uh, the renovation was a pretty big project over the last couple of years, uh, but... It's pretty much done, so I'm just doing other than things now. And and for you, you know, you talk about renovating. Obviously, you know when when you're renovating, there's there's change, and and when there's change, you know, you, you get to a point where you know you're obviously doing things that, that you got to do. But you know, some people are afraid of change. Some people like change. You know, how do you respond to change? Um, I just adapt. Honestly, uh, I'm not one of those guys that's actually stuck in the mud with uh, the way certain things work. I mean, if it's, of course, uh, if it's, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But, um, you know, if, if something actually needs to, uh, need an adjustment and you actually need to change it or you see something that, that that's not working, of course, go ahead and make the change. So, um, and, you know, kind of jumping in on that, the, the Syracuse, uh, quarterback change that's about to happen, uh, start the season going into going with the wit, you know, that's, that's going to be a, 
uh, a fun challenge, I think, for, for the team. You know, and you talked about it. You obviously jumped into it here. Speaking on that that quarterback change that's going to be happening here, as we have Rob Carpenter, Syracuse football alum, on the broadcast on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. This is a week called the week to kickoff, and Syracuse alumni for the football program will be on all week long, starting off here today with Rob Carpenter, a former wide receiver on the team, wearer of number seven. And, and Rob, you talked about you know the quarterback and, and that being a change. What do you think of Tommy DeVito from what you've seen? Um, actually, I think he'll be okay. You know, he did get some playing time, uh, last year. So, uh, you know, due to injury, <clears throat> but, you know, coming into the season, I think he, he has it under his belt where, where DeVito actually will be, uh, able to, you know, move the ball. <clears throat> um, I think he has a, you know, a great grasp on the offense, uh, even though I think things would just slow down just a little bit for him, for him now. So he'll be able to, you know, make corrections, uh, see the field better, uh, especially playing against the uh, the bigger known teams. You know, when he goes up against Clemson in, in week three, we'll see. But hopefully, you know, uh, he has the opportunity to, and had had the opportunity to slow things down a bit where, you know, he can he can slow the game down and make, make things uh, work for the team a whole lot better. And we know that obviously he has arm strength. Uh, he has a backfield that – is going to feature numerous backs of different talents. Jawar Jordan Jr. coming in as a true freshman, a speedy guy. Uh, Jarvion Howard coming back, as well as Mo Neal being the vet on the team. And Abdul Adams, who had transferred in uh, coming before last season and had to sit out and, and whatnot and was able to play in the bowl game. So, you know, we've seen a bunch of talent. There's, you know... Between Abdul Adams and Jarvion Howard and Mo Neal, all of them have gotten into the end zone. Jawar Jordan in his first season. What do you think about the backfield and, and what that does to open it up? Because Dungy was a runner. Dungy was a guy who took off a lot and tried to do it all himself. In Tommy DeVito's case, he's got he's got the arm out there, and at the same time, he's got a nice stable of running backs. That's going to help him um, if those guys actually you know can contribute a lot. I mean, if all four guys are actually playing, which it seems that's going to be the road that uh you know goes down um that's just going to help him out you know he'll have <clears throat> each guy has his, has his own style uh so especially the freshman kid we know that's a, you know that kid is actually supposed to be blazing fast and from what i understand you know throughout camp he's shown that um but the way the offense <clears throat> excuse me is going to run you know if each of those guys are contributing to what they do uh, it's just going to help him uh, help the field out because, as you said before, you know he has the arm strength to get the ball down the field. He can make all the throws across the field. So um, teams are not going to be able to just you know isolate one certain back in the way certain certain guys uh, produce. So if they all contribute, you know it's just going to help him in the long run. Speaking here with Rob Carpenter, Syracuse Orange football alum, here on the broadcast this morning as we are officially, believe it or not. And our week's kickoff, Rob. What is what does that say to you? The fact that somehow, some way, we have college football back, and Syracuse is going to be officially playing their first football game of the 2019 season coming up here on Saturday, August. I mean, it's it's kind of just blowing my mind that I'm sitting here on August 31st, which is this Saturday. You know, in the midst of the New York State Fair and all this stuff going on in, in the nice weather that we've been having in central and upstate New York, that there's going to be football being played and Syracuse is going to be out there on the field. Did, did it go by fast? Does it baffle you? Because to me it feels like the season ends and everybody's kind of clamoring for football and missing football, and then all of a sudden here football is one time, one more time. 
Well, it seems like when you're in the midst of the off season, it's taking forever. But once training camp starts, everything seems to speed up. And before you know it, the season is here. So I think once the team got to training camp, um, everything was going along, you know, uh, at a speed where I'm used to it because that just lets me know that football is right around the corner uh, once training camp starts for college and the NFL. Um, so the fact that Syracuse plays this weekend, you know, it's, it's not a shock, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited for it. And like you said, uh, there's a lot of things going on up, upstate New York right now. Syracuse football, as you said, the fair. So uh, it should be an exciting time up there for the next few weeks. Yeah, you know, and, and, and again, I mean, somehow, some way, we're back to football season, and we're back in, in the swing, you know, the full swing of things right now. Uh, Dino Babers, your thoughts on him, just what he has meant to this team, you know, with you as an alum, I, I always think it's important to kind of get your gauge of it and how you feel, you know, he is as a coach and, and how this coaching staff is. What have you taken away from him up to this point? The way he's transformed – uh, the program back to, you know, like it was my my days. Uh, you know, going into the ACC, I originally said that it's going to help out Syracuse. Um, the recruiting is going to get better, um, even though they're competing against, you know, the competing with Clemson and, and all the other teams for the talent. But the way Syracuse has actually progressed uh, over the last couple of years, uh, you know, that's going to bring in the talent itself and Dino's doing a great job. You know, I, I have no fault with him at all. I'm actually excited for the fact that he's, he's made the job and made Syracuse look fun again. Um, the, the dome is actually, you know, uh, a great place to play again. It seems to be always packed now. Uh, and from what I understand, you know, the, the sellouts this year are going to be great. So hopefully, you know, at the end of the year, you can look back on this season and say, you know, this was a, a satisfying season, no matter how it turns out, and continue to go forward. But I'm, uh, I'm excited about what, what Dino's doing with the program. I'm really. And you know, for you to to see that, and and maybe you know, obviously as a returning, you know, as somebody who wants to you know return, come back to the dome and whatnot. How do you feel that the things are in that respect? Do you feel welcome? Do you feel like there's there's an open door for you to? you know, come back and, and see the team and whatnot. How would you gauge that part of it? Because I know that, you know, some uh, Syracuse football alum, and depending on the coach, feel welcome. Sometimes they don't. How do you feel? Uh, I felt welcomed <clears throat> since Dino took over. Uh, I mean, there was a there was a lag there for a while where I'm sure, uh, besides myself, a lot of guys actually felt, you know, kind of disassociated with the program. Um, and from what we had made from – you know, the 80s and 90s to where guys actually weren't too too accepted or even known about, uh, you know, in the program. But for now, you know, I don't I don't have any problem with that. You know, Dino's doing a, his thing. Uh, when guys actually reach out, they respond. So, um, you know, moving forward, hopefully it continues to be that way. Speaking here with Rob Carpenter in our week to kickoff special, as, as Rob officially is kicking off our conversations with Syracuse football alumni leading us all the way through the week. And into Saturday, August 31st, where Syracuse will officially kick off their 2019 season on the road at Liberty in Lynchburg, Virginia at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, not a lot of people necessarily, you know, in the Syracuse fan base know about Liberty, but you know about a coach like Hugh Freeze. He was at Arkansas State in 2011, went 10 and 3, and then went to Ole Miss, went 7 and 6, 8 and 5, 9 and 4, 10 and 3. His final season, he went 5 and 7. 
in 2016, and now we're seeing his resurgence back into Division A FBS college football with Liberty. Thoughts on that? I mean, Hugh Freeze obviously has a name. He stepped away from Division A football for a bit, and now he's back coaching again. Well, you know, in the situation that he was, you know, went through at, at Ole Miss, uh, one thing is for certain, you know, a coach like that is always going to build up a program. Um, and with him just beginning at Liberty, um, for sure, you know, they're going to come out ready to play. He's, he, he knows how to get a team ready. Um, he knows what it's like playing in big games. Uh, he knows, you know, different types of competition. So, you know, one thing Syracuse can't do is just look at the name on the other side of, of the field. <clears throat> they have to know that that team is actually going to be ready to play, no matter even if they are if they have inferior talent at this point. Um, they can't take them for granted. They just have to go out and do what they're supposed to do, um, which is win the game um, and convincingly. But, you know, hopefully they know that the other team is actually going to be, be prepared. And Hugh Freeze will have them prepared to play um, no matter what. We know that, you know, that is obviously the first game of the season, but a game that many Syracuse fans around the world have circled is the first home game of the season, and that is on September 14th. That game is at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. It's on Saturday. It's going to be Saturday night football inside of the Carrier Dome, and normally this game is saved toward the end, but this is being called homecoming already. So normally we have, you know, that that homecoming game, and it's it's never this big, so to speak, but the homecoming game is Clemson. It is the first home game of the season for Syracuse, Saturday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. It will be televised around the world, and many are hoping and clamoring for college game day Thoughts on Syracuse opening up their season at home after those first two road games. The home stint opens with Clemson. Thoughts on that? Well, we know it's going to be huge. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you got the defending national champion coming in, and Syracuse held their own with them the last last two two years. So, um, the one thing that we'll we'll see is how well the young guys actually have uh, adjusted. Uh, they'll have. You know, a couple of games under their belt before that. Before that game, um, we know the bright lights are going to be shining on on the dome and what Syracuse can do, and if they can compete, we know they'll probably be huge underdogs uh, to Clemson, um, depending on how Clemson actually starts out the season. But um, you know, they can look back and look at the film from the last couple of years and say, "Listen, we got to beat these guys." Um, and <clears throat> We'll see what actually, you know, takes place. Like I said, from the younger guys that are that are going to be playing now in the spotlight. Um, I think I'm going to my spotlight for for that game is definitely going to be on the linebackers uh, to see how well they adjust. You know, Clemson can throw the ball all over the field. They got talent all over the field at the uh, uh, at those positions at wide receiver and running back. Um, so I just hope the uh, one thing I hope is that. You know, for Cisco, uh, the safety, I hope the the honor that he received, you know, the this offseason, uh, coming into the season as being an AP preseason All-American, doesn't actually, you know, outweigh what he does or doesn't get to him uh, coming into the big game. Yeah, you know, and that's, that's something to, you know, really sit here and, and think about, you know, is kind of like, as we and you brought it up, the linebacker core. It's it's something that I think is is going to have a big play this season and how far that this team goes. You know, speaking here with Syracuse Orange, a wide receiver alum, Rob Carpenter, and and speaking on this year's 
team, you know, is looking at that linebacker core and really what really what that's going to be because it's taken seemingly forever to get the secondary right. But you have people like Trill Williams and Andre Cisco back there, and you have you know guys like Evan Foster that have been around for a while, and Chris Frederick who's been all over the DB unit. Afatu Malafonwu has done some good things, but that linebacker core as as we look at them and kind of what they can be you know Alan Stritzinger Juan Wallace Jr. Lakeem Williams Andrew Armstrong Mikhail Jones there's a lot of guys that are seeking to kind of find their place and figure out what they can do and and this is a group that was built for a long time with Jonathan Thomas and Zaire Franklin and and uh and PJ and whatnot so they had built themselves to a place of prominence because they had played together forever and and they had gotten to know each other and now we're at a place where you know Paris Bennett's not there and Zaire's not there and 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 obviously we don't have Jonathan Thomas there so last season was you know growing and trying to figure out what works and again they're they're doing it you know all over this season so you know for me I think and and I like that you brought that up Rob this is a key ingredient to, to the success of the team not just against Clemson but in general how this linebacker core can essentially find their leaders, establish those leaders, and make sure that they take care of the middle of this defense because, you know, your middle linebacker is your quarterback of the D, and anything that breaks down after that defensive line, which is a very successful line, has to go through these linebackers. So that's kind of the one I'm circling right now, knowing that this that the safeties and the corners and, you know, the defensive line – have all kind of raised up and now it's time for the linebacker core to show themselves because once again last year after the bowl game some more of those guys that had moved up the ranks moved on all right um the first couple of weeks is going to be a telltale sign of what's to come uh so um like that's why i said you know the the linebacker core is actually going to be you know what i have my eye on for the first couple of weeks uh from what i understand you know, those guys are actually going to be rotating a bit to see who actually, you, you know, is the going to be come out the the, the lead group, uh, the lead guys in the in the first unit, and you know, hopefully it takes place or it takes shape, you know, really quick, or it might be just a, just a case that all of those guys actually, you know, can end up being contributors, you know, throughout the season. Uh, what you would like to hope is that you do have a couple of guys that actually are consistent and the guys that are mainstays on the field, um, especially at that position. You don't really want too much, too much jumbling around. Um, that's like you said, the middle linebacker is usually the quarterback of the quarterback of the defense. And that's one position you hope that that's stable. Um, because if you got to have a guy that actually knows where everybody's supposed to be, has the calls correct, can get everything down really fast. You know, this just helps them out uh, tremendously. So, First couple of weeks, we'll see what happens. Um, by the time they get to Clemson, hopefully that's squared away, and, and you know they can, can just continue to run throughout the season, and hopefully that they, they come together really quick. You're listening live right now to Rob Carpenter. Whether you're watching on Facebook, facebook.com backslash live now DT, or you're listening on mixlr.com backslash wake up call DT, we appreciate you being here as Rob Carpenter is officially joining us live. Uh, Rob, I, I want to look at this receiver core. With you being a former receiver on the team, uh, Tristan Jackson came over from Michigan State and him as well as Abdul Adams, running back on the team, had to sit out last season due to NCAA rules, And but they were able to, because they sat out the regular season, there's the loophole that 
the bowl game is not part of that season, so they were able to play. Tristan Jackson caught a touchdown pass in the game from Eric Dungy and had success in it. He's out there. Uh, Sean Riley's the the season vet of our special teams return unit, as well as uh, a wide receiver on the team. Nikeem Johnson is back as a junior. And then there's guys like Taj Harris, who did some good things as a true freshman last year. Sherrod Johnson is a redshirt sophomore that we haven't seen too much from and then Courtney Jackson who's a true freshman on the team and then there's other guys in the fray as well what do you think about this receiving core that you know really it's it's Sean Riley and Nikeem Johnson that are leading the way as far as veteran status on Syracuse what are your thoughts um my thoughts are basically an inexperienced group but you know a lot of talent in that group uh so as long as DeVito actually has, you know, confidence in these guys and he can spread the ball around uh, to them, you know, with confidence, I don't really see too much of a problem. Uh, these guys know they've been around, you know, last year uh, for the most part. They know how the program works. They all should be pretty familiar with the offense. Um, it's just the the coordination between the quarterback and receivers that I'm pretty sure during the offseason and throughout training camp was was trying to be worked on the most. Um, we, I know that these guys can actually make plays. Um, Riley's a speedster. <laughs> we know that. And, you know, if he gets the ball in his hands, you know, just look out. But, um, you know, for the most part, it kind of seems like uh, my last year there, there was a lot of young guys on the team. Um, I was the older vet. And, you know, it just basically just worked out. You just keep that, that momentum going <clears throat> as it goes along. And guys learn, guys get in the game, they make plays, and that's just the way it continues. That's how you continue with the with the group for years and years and years. <clears throat> each guy learning from each other. Uh, coaches have confidence in the guys making plays, even if they're not out there, you know, 40, 50 plays a game, even if it's just 10 or 20. When they get in the game, they know they can make plays. So and when they get their turn to be out there for 40, 50, 60 plays a game, you know, they just continue to ride that wave. So, and I don't really have a problem with this group um, at all. I just know that hopefully throughout training camp, um, well, like I said, during all season and training camp, um, the mesh between them and DeVito just, uh, you know, came into play and, uh, you know, they take it into the season. Absolutely. As we speak here with Rob Carpenter, Syracuse Orange football alum, former wide receiver on the team. Rob, you know, before I let you go here, to look at this season, there there are people that, you know, a lot of positive things. You know, Syracuse ranked in the preseason top 25 in the AP and the coaches poll. That's something that hasn't happened for a very, very, very long time for Syracuse football. Uh, not, not, not only that, but the most of the ACC media agreed with me that uh, Syracuse will finish Clemson, be, finish right behind Clemson inside of the standings of the Atlantic Division. What are your thoughts on that? That the ACC media that typically picks Syracuse last or second to last has them second behind Clemson in the Atlantic Division, and the fact that the Associated Press and the coaches' polls both have Syracuse in the top 25. Thoughts on that heading into this season, knowing that this is something that Sy- Syracuse really never gotten respect in the ACC until now. And then in the top 25, it's been a long time. I actually think it's a good thing for the guys. I actually know that they're being respected now. Um, they know they're at not the cream of the crop, but they're actually in the mix. Um, so that actually is a, is a good uh, starting point for everybody that's, that's on the team right now. Um, and it actually shows what, what Dino has done over the last couple of years. The team got no respect over the last few years, and, and what Dino has done with the program just makes people realize now, yeah, 
Syracuse is probably a lot better than we actually thought. Um, so, um, but <clears throat> the guys actually have to, <clears throat> excuse me, guys actually have to take that and improve on that throughout the season. Uh, you know, they can't let that one ranking get into them and say, yeah, you know, guys are actually looking at us now and saying, you know, we, we get the respect. Now, that's actually a target that you actually have on you. You actually have to take that and improve to everyone that you're worth uh, or were worth that, uh, that ranking. Um, even though it's, you know, very low in the top 25, it is the top 25. So um, that's always a start to the season. We know how the top 25 rankings actually play out, uh, you know, especially midway through the season. Things get jumbled all over the place. And um, it could be real quick for them to actually just drop out <clears throat> where they're ranked. Or it could be really quick for them to move up, you know, really fast uh, within the first six weeks of the season. So, you know, um, the guys just actually have to look at that, you know, as a stepping stone saying, look, uh, we've got respect now. We know we have a bullseye on our back, especially in the ACC. I do agree with you and all the writers that Syracuse probably will uh, come in right behind Clemson um, uh, in the Atlantic Division. So, <clears throat> you know, hopefully the guys can actually stay healthy for the most part during the season um, and just make that ranking work for them. Yeah, you know, and, and what would be your advice to the guys as well? I know you said that it, it's good <clears throat> that they have this. It's it's good that they can, you know, that, that, that they have some respect, that they have something to build off of, that they know that people are looking at them in a positive way. But there's another side of that, of, of buying into your own hype and focusing on that and getting excited before you've played a game or before you've proven yourself. So what would be your advice to these guys as they went into the last few seasons with no respect now that they have a little bit of that, what would be your advice to them on how to kind of lock in and, and stay focused? Take what they did over the last few years and keep it moving. Um, they know what it's like being on the outside looking in. And as I said, it's real easy to be in the top 25 and fall out really quick. Um, and they've probably done that to a few teams themselves, <laughs> knocking guys off along the way um, since they weren't getting any respect. Now they have it. Now they know, again, that they have the bullseye on their back and they just have to go out and compete and show that they're worthy of it. Um, they can't let the, the the preseason hype get to them because it's just preseason. You know, they haven't played a game yet. Um, and I know Dino was probably harping on that. It's just a preseason ranking. Nothing is actually set in stone as of yet. After the first few weeks, they'll see where they are um, and then they can keep it moving from there. But, you know, to that point, you know, they have to work <clears throat> as if, you know, everybody has a clean slate. Nobody is where uh, they'll be at the end of the season. So they, if they can take that, uh, you know, into consideration and continue to work, because I know they've worked very hard uh, and, you know, don't slack off any once the season starts, they should be all right. That coming from Rob Carpenter. Rob, uh, in closing here, kind of just what, you know, your overall thoughts are as we move forward to look at the season. You know, I, I think the team can get to eight wins. You know, when I look at the schedule, they got to 10 last year, including the bowl win. And, and I like to do a little preseason, and then I like to, you know, go a couple games into the season, see what they actually got, and do a prediction once we see it. So I like to do the one overall in the preseason just thoughts and then you know ultimately once they start to showcase something to make one that's a little bit meatier so we have at liberty at maryland clemson at home western michigan home holy cross at home <clears throat> at nc state pittsburgh at home at florida state 
Boston College is going to be another home game. And then from there, they have at Duke, at Louisville, and Wake Forest at home. Where do you think this team ends up this year? I know that there's a lot of pieces that have to move right, but ultimately, what do you think, you know, record-wise, we could be looking at with Syracuse? Um, I do think they can get to, to, to nine wins. I think the one game, uh, you know, out of the first three, of course, is Clemson, that they probably won't be, you know, favored to win, um, of course. Um, but that four-game stretch, I believe it is, uh, NC State, um, Florida State, uh, that little stretch in there, depending on how they come out of that stretch, which I I don't know, Florida State's actually going to be a lot better team this year. Um, but for the most part, if they play like, uh, like I hope they play um, and take from what they did last year into this season, um, there's no doubt in my mind that they could actually win nine games. Coming out of that stretch of, of four games, four ACC games, uh, for the most part, I think it will be a telltale sign. But, you know, I don't think there's anything that, this, that says they can't win all of those games. Um, so a nine-win season is very possible for me. And, you know, for that, I mean, it, it's, it's been a long time, a seeming, seeming eternity that we've been able to talk about eight wins or ten wins or nine wins or whatever for this team or bowl games for this team. What does it mean to you as an alum of the Syracuse football program that we're talking about, you know, this team finishing second in the Atlantic Division, this team, you know, giving giving some whether they win or lose that they can, you know, give something to Clemson and the last time Clemson was a reigning national champion and came into the dome a couple of years ago, Syracuse took them down and was one of two teams to do it in a very long time span and last season they went into Death Valley and outside of a couple plays that didn't you know go their way and and some decisions that they made at the end of the game you know they could have won that game and nobody had won in death valley for over two years so you know for how they've played clemson and what they've done and everything that the dino has built and what he's recruited and how these players have responded just what it what it makes you feel like as an alum of the program to finally be talking about success building on success and hopefully continued success well that's an exciting feeling uh, you know, as I had stated earlier, that when you look at the program now, uh, the way things are going and the the height that's running the program now, you know, everything is positive and seems to still be going still be going up. So, you know, that's a great feeling knowing that the program has changed. Dino has done the right things. The recruits are coming. Um, and, you know, Central New York is actually getting getting the vibe again. <clears throat> um, it hadn't been there for a long time. Uh, we know that. Um, but when you come into a preseason and the team's ranked in the top 25, uh, you have preseason AP All-Americans already. So, you know, stuff like that starts happening to, to the program. And it, it definitely makes you uh, excited for what's going on. And hopefully, you know, uh, with Dino there and he continues to stay there and continues to, to build on the program, hopefully the program comes around again where, you, you know, before long, we're saying, you know, this team is a, a preseason's top 10 team. And, you know, that's an exciting thing for me, and I'm pretty sure every other alum that's around. And what Syracuse has been able to do, uh, set a a record for new season tickets sold. They set a program record for new season tickets sold in a single off-season. They pushed out more than 9,000 new season tickets while renewing 95% of the the previous commitments. 
The figure eclipses the record of 8,700 new season tickets sold ahead of the 1992 season. Less than 900 season tickets remain, according to Syracuse. Thoughts on this? I mean, Syracuse typically doesn't talk about their tickets, but, you know, that's that's been in seasons where, obviously, they didn't want to talk about, you know, the numbers that have been coming out. But more than 9,000 new season ticket holders, just what you can say about hearing a number like that and knowing that it's a new program record. Well, for me, when I actually saw that stat, uh, it it reiterated to me that the program is on the rise again. And um, the Dome is actually going to be a great place to play, um, you know, for – for the home team we you know the years that i was there and years after that you know the dome other teams coming into the dome hated to play there they just literally hated that place i still talk to guys who actually you know to this day who i played against or who might have been there after uh years after i left and had to come into the dome to play um they just hated the place and it seems like it can get back to that where the dome is a place where teams do not want to come play because of the home field advantage that Syracuse has. Um, you know, the the fans are right near the field. Um, 50,000 people in that place is extremely loud. <laughs> and when you have 50,000 people in the, in the dome, for teams coming in, it gets extremely hot. And they hate it. So, um, you know, hopefully with those new ticket sales and, and it being a record offseason, uh, four season ticket sales, you know, the dome is packed every week and it's going to remain packed every week as long as the program is actually doing what they what they've done over the past couple of years, which I have no doubt that that'll continue to do. The program's on the rise. It's a great thing. Um everybody sees it. Hopefully it continues and, you know, it'll just be fun for the next I don't know, five, ten years, uh, from <laughs> from now, uh just watching this program just 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 escalate. Live from the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios, conversation here with Syracuse Orange football alum Rob Carpenter, who has officially started off our week to kickoff here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora with Syracuse Orange football alumni. Uh, Rob, you know, like I said, to kind of close things off, I know we hit a bunch of topics here, but you talked about the fans showing up and staying in the Dome and how loud it can be and how hot it can be. What would be your suggestion or your thoughts or feeling to the fan base, we just saw Andrew Luck get booed by by making you know for making a decision for his body and all this. I mean, this man is walking away from money, power, prestige, being the face of the franchise. I don't think this is an easy decision. I don't think this is a screw you Indianapolis decision by any stretch of the imagination. But we see him get booed. We've seen Syracuse fans leave in the third quarter. What are your thoughts to to fans in general, whether they be Syracuse fans or Colts fans or, or fans of anybody? on etiquette because you buy a ticket I would like to think you, you sit your butt in the seats I can understand frustration but a fan is supposed to be there no matter what and then to kind of go one step further and know that a man who's caring about his health and his life and his future just got booed over the weekend just what your take is unfortunately we have some idiots out there <clears throat> um, for a guy like Andrew Luck to take his well-being into play you know, the guy's played hurt over the last four years. He gave Indianapolis everything that he could. <clears throat> and he just felt like it was time. You know, certain guys just don't feel like being part of the rehab situation that he, uh, you know, he went through. He he said it, you know, for the past four years. He basically was rehabbing the entire offseason and in season for four years straight. Guys' bodies take it, you know, the football takes a toll on guys' bodies. Um, 
but the fans, the select few fans, and, and when I first saw it, I literally watched it as he was walking off the field that night, and I thought I heard it. I'm like, oh, these guys booing, really? And then I watched a couple of videos. I'm like, wow, these guys really are booing. That's cr- crazy. Um, but, again, you have a select few idiots out here who really just don't get it. Um, they feel like guys should be warriors regardless. They should just throw their bodies around um, and not, you know, look out for their own well-being. Those guys are the guys that are idiots. Yeah. Um, for the most part, fans, they get it. Um, and, you know, if a team is not playing well, team is getting beating, beaten in, in the third quarter and they feel like leaving, they bought that ticket, you know, that's their right uh, to leave. Um, you know, I have no, no problem with, with fans actually saying, you know what, this is not the week. <laughs> you know, we got beat, I'm out of here. Um, but, you know, those same fans will be back. Uh, and they'll be supporting the team uh, the next home game game after that uh but you know the overall fan experience um for me has always been pleasant again you have a select few out there that just you know they just don't get it or they just actually want to be that guy or that woman to you know be uh again i'll just use the word idiot (laughs) because there are some out there um but you know a fan buys his ticket he pretty much can come in and and sit down you would hope they're respectful so what players are, are going through out on the field, some aren't. Um, but for the most part, what you've seen over the last few years, uh, teams um, and stadiums are really getting rid of uh, the people who are really just disrespectful to, to, to players. Yeah, and ultimately, you know, that's the important part of everything is to make sure that, you know, you respect the people that are out there. You're not going to win every single game, but like I always say, and, you know, we say it over and over again on the show, Think of an NFL stadium as life. 70,000 people watching, commenting, critiquing, 22 people actually working. That's how life is. We all say we could do this, we could do that, but there's very few of us that go out there and actually do it. I'm proud to be one of them. So if you're going to ridicule me because I'm living my dreams and being fearless, then ridicule me. Because the reality of it all is you have time to ridicule me. I don't have any time to sit there and ridicule anybody because I'm actually doing the work. So, you know, it's, it's, it's the same thing with these players. They're out there on the field and you say you're better than them and you could catch this pass or you could do this. Well, guess what? Then try out for the football team and see if Dino takes you or not. See if you could be a walk-on on the team. And if you pass out halfway through practice, well, then shut your mouth and go back to the stadium and buy your ticket and your beer and appreciate the fact that these guys are not trying to lose. There's just, you know, somebody's got to win a game and Somebody's got to lose one. So the the concluding piece, Rob, is biggest positive for this year's team for Syracuse football and biggest question mark, in your opinion? Uh, biggest positive, I think, is Dino Babers. <laughs> the fact that he's there <laughs> yeah. and running the program. Um, you know, he, he knows these players. Uh, he knows what he has in front of him. He knows what he's done with the program. Um, and everything has been on the rise. So I think that's the biggest positive that's that's there for the team right now. Biggest question mark, um, I think, is actually going to be the linebacker position uh, for me. Um, I think every other position actually, I wouldn't say is totally set, but there are guys basically in place. Um, but the linebacker position is going to be a question mark for a few weeks, I believe. And we'll see what happens in a, you know, hopefully – Again, that's squared away by the time uh, the team takes takes the field for, for the Clemson game, but we'll see. That coming once again from Rob Carpenter. Rob, as always, I appreciate your time. I appreciate 
everything that you've done to stay locked into this program and uh, and just what they're doing on the hill for Syracuse. It sounds like you definitely you know have been paying close attention and keeping up with it. And obviously, your your love for Syracuse and love for the sport comes through the conversation very easily. And I'm sure people can feel that and get a sense of that. So you know, for everything that you do to be a part of this show and to come on and, and give me a few minutes, I greatly appreciate it and thank you for it. And I always look forward to talking with you again. Yeah, it's all good, Dan. I appreciate you having me on, man. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right.